the new home of UTEP Miners football and UTEP men's basketball. The Orange Revival is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody. As we continue, it's our second hour of the Don Haskins Show. Live from the bar here at uh, Fuddruckers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Come on down and join us. We've got plenty of basketball right now, including Texas Tech hosting UNLV. And Coach, uh, as you uh, are well aware of, there he is, the general Bobby Knight with his son Pat in search of the uh, all-time winningest uh, coach uh, in college basketball. You think he's going to be getting it tonight against uh, the Rudden Rebs? Oh, I think so. <clears throat> and uh, I think this will get a lot more exciting when he reaches nine. Uh, when he reaches, uh, well, it's going to be 900 before long. Yep. This guy's liable to uh, win a thousand games. Yes. Very well could happen. Come on down, folks. Your chance to win tickets to tomorrow's Brute Sun Bowl. I've got those to give away. I've got the Sun Bowl uh, ski hat as well. The ceremonial first coins from VP Sports and tickets to Bart Reed's comic strip. It's all happening right now here in hour number two of the Don Haskins Show. And we are very pleased to welcome on the phone lines right now another special guest joining us, a member of the 1966 Texas Western Championship team. All the way from California, it is Harry Flournoy. And Harry, thanks so much uh, for uh, taking time out of your busy evening and uh, joining us here on the show. It's my pleasure. H Harry, this is Coach. Yes. yes. Thank you for calling me Christmas. Oh, I really, I really, no, Harry called me Christmas, Steve. And That's nice. We talked 45 minutes or an hour. I don't know what it cost him. I'll, I tried I'll to get. I tried to reverse. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, um, I, I know you. Uh, you you've been in El Paso, uh, you know, quite a few times over the last uh, you know year or so, year and a half since the uh, the film has come out. We we had Neville Shed on the show here um, a few weeks back, and you know we asked him about it. Are, are you still? Is it all still kind of a blur for you ever since uh, Glory Road uh, first made it to the big screen? Well, you know, it's like putting 40 years into into one year, and yeah, it's been like uh, it's it's nonstop. It's 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 been nonstop. It's been uh, surreal in a way for me. When you talk about everything that uh, that that's really happened to you, we've seen you make appearances to promote the movie, traveling around the country. Um, are you still doing a lot of that? Are you, are you still doing uh, you know, a lot of traveling uh, in just in terms of uh, this team and, and the popularity that uh, this film has brought to you and your teammates? Well, I'm not doing as much as, as some of the guys are, but, but I am doing some. Uh, I, I would like to do a lot more of it, but, uh, you know, I take what I can get. Well, that's exactly right. And, and I, I think uh, when you look at... What has uh, transpired so far, um, it's only fitting that, it, you know, it, it's taken 40 years for this to happen, but for you and, and your teammates, I know you're excited about uh, the possibility of being inducted as well as a team into the Naismith Hall of Fame, something that uh, Steve Trudenick is working very hard on and, and hopefully will happen here in the next, uh, you know, the next six months to a year. Well, you know, that's going to be the icing on the cake. If that happens, that, that would be the icing on the cake. But, you know, actually, it, it's just the experience of being with the guys uh, again, being around the coaches again, 
you know, all of that is is actually worth more than actually being in the Hall of Fame. It's just being with the guys who I really have a special place in my heart for. Uh, Harry, I'll tell you what, uh, we all have a special place in our heart for you. The uh, Now, Harry's still working. You're going to retire here before long. And uh, uh, I know you've had a few opportunities uh, to go around. And You know, the thing that really hurts me is what we talk about putting one year in 40 years, because this could have happened uh, 10 years after that was over. Yeah. And... Uh, I never would go for a script. I've heard a lot of people say, well, why did it take that long? Well, you should have seen some of the scripts I saw from uh, some of your big, big studios. And then finally, um, I know I called all the guys. With, uh, I, I, I don't think we made, you know, all the money was split. It yeah. uh, wasn't a heck of a lot. But we all got the same. And, and the thing that we all wanted was a, a fairly true story. Now, there's a little Hollywood in in this story. One of the parts uh, that uh, a lot of people have asked me about was Harry Flournoy's mother really never come. You might tell them about that. Well, she did. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish that, that that part was Hollywood, but she did. She did, and and I think that that afterwards I. I asked the coach if we could just work this out between him and I. <laughs> I remember that well. Yeah, uh, that was, that no, was your mother was a wonderful woman, and I'll never forget. Uh, and I did eat his blueberry pie. I don't yeah. know. I don't think he complained that much about it like he had in the show. but, <laughs> but uh, Or maybe he did. I don't know. No, but, my mother wouldn't have let me. <laughs> the, You know, I remember sitting talking to her, and she told me, you know, Harry was a very good student in high school and uh, uh, was doing very well. And I think when he was a sophomore, he missed, started, he missed a couple classes. And when I asked him about it, he said, uh, well, I'm doing, I'm making a B in this class. And I said, that's not the question. I don't want you missing class. And uh, that, is, that prompted me to call his mother because she had asked me in her home that if he misses, would you call me? Yeah. So I did. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you are a man of your word. <laughs> Harry, take us back to uh, when, when Coach Haskins first arrived to, uh, to recruit you. Was, was this something that, you know, I know the movie tells the story as well, that you really didn't want to come and weren't expecting to see him there. How truth was that to, the, uh, you know, to, to actually the, the visit when you were first uh, you know, lured to El Paso by, by Don Haskins? Well, some of it was was true, but but some of it wasn't. Uh, I first met met Coach Haskins on my way home from lunch. At, you know, I was in high school, and uh, he pulled up alongside of me in a car. Him and, and I think what's the guy's name? Jack. Um, Jack Hobbs. Jack Hobbs. Yep, Jack Hobbs. And um, he asked, and he told me who he was, and uh, he was from Texas Western College, who worked a place I had never heard of. Yeah, uh, Harry, he you're forgetting one thing. What's that? You wouldn't get in the car. That's right. Well, I was, <laughs> I was getting to that. I wouldn't get in the car going to home or coming from home. I would not get into the car. So um, part, part of that story was true, 
<clears throat> about, you know, me not wanting to really ha have contact with him, but I was not at the steel mill when that happened. Was it uh, for you, you know, was it, a, was it a pretty easy sell once uh, Coach Haskins was at the house and had a chance to talk to, uh, to your mom and, and to yourself? Did, did he do a pretty good sales job on the program to you? Well, it was, it was pretty easy uh, after that happened because he had already sold my mom on the, uh. on the school. So, you know, she said that's where I was going, and that's where I was going. You know, I tried to uh, talk her out of it because I even asked her if she had ever been to Texas, and I asked her, have you ever been to El Paso, Texas? And, and she looked up at me, and, and she said, well, no, I've never been there. But you can tell me all about it next summer when you come home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And, and, and when you first arrived to El Paso and, and spent your first few months uh, on the campus, was it did, it did it take a while for you to adjust, or was it a pretty easy adjustment period for you? No, it, it took a little while because, it, you know, coming from, from Gary, Indiana, and the uh, school environment that I came out of. I went to a majority white high school and they didn't want us there and I was kind of skeptical of, of white people and and going down there I had uh, uh, people who were trying to be friendly like Louis Bedoin and Jerry Armstrong and, and Togo Rayleigh and I was kind of skeptical and, and, and it took me a, a while to adjust and, and furthermore I had never been that far from home either so uh, it was an adjustment period for me. At the same time, when you mentioned some of those players that really reached out to try to make you feel comfortable, who was it on the team that, that you bonded with soon and, and became more and more comfortable as you started playing for uh, Coach Haskins at Texas Western, Harry? Well, <clears throat> naturally, that was uh, Austin. You know, we were from the same same place. But then you had uh, Togo really was the one who, who really – really really uh reached out you know he would come by on the weekends and he would uh pick all of us up he, would, he wouldn't just pick up uh uh jerry and and lewis he'd pick austin and us and myself up too and and we would go and we would uh, do little things and you know we never got into trouble though but we would just do little things around el paso and i really started feeling re real real comfortable doing that and then another incident was when we were in in roswell new mexico lewis bedoin they wouldn't let me eat at this restaurant so he said if i couldn't eat there none of them would eat there and we went to another place a little hamburger joint and he asked them if it, if all of his friends could eat there he didn't ask if if the black player or the colored player or the Negro player, whatever the term was then, could eat there. He asked if all of his friends could eat there. And that just about did it for me. You know, I just, you know, I just fell right in with those guys. Uh, Harry, uh, was I along with uh, Roswell? Because uh, I had that happen the first year over at Abilene, and uh, they wouldn't let uh, – you know, I had Nolan Richardson, Willie Brown, and, the, you know, we had two Bobby Joe Hills. Yeah. And uh, they wouldn't let us stay in a hotel. Well, they said uh, uh, the black players couldn't stay, and I said nobody will stay. What were we doing? Uh, what happened over in Roswell? Oh, that was. Was that a freshman game? That was in the uh, uh, freshman game. Yeah, oh, but, uh, okay. Oh, 
Coach Iba. Yeah. Well, yeah. Coach Iba should have uh, told him when uh, when that happened. You find another place to eat. But, he wasn't uh, there. Oh, he, he wasn't there then. No. Well, who was there? It was just it was just the players. Oh, he was wasn't just, with was you at the, the restaurant. No. No, I see. No, it was, I see. It was uh, after the game. I see. I we see. had uh, played the game, and I then never uh, heard afterwards story. we were going out to uh, eat. Yeah, it was. It was just the players, and it wasn't but one player that complained yeah. about it. You know who that was. I'm not even going to mention his name. <laughs> and and uh, and the rest of them, you know, we wouldn't eat there. So you know, it kind of sealed it for me. Yeah. Harry Floridoy joining us here on the uh, Don Haskins Show. Harry, can you stick around with us through our uh, next break, and we'll come back and spend more time with you on the phones? Okay. I appreciate that. All right, folks, great stuff with Harry Floridoy. We're coming back, and we're going to continue more with uh, Harry and more of the Don Haskins Show right after this, live from Fuddruckers, only on News Radio KROD. The new home of Utah Miners football and Utah men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back as we continue live from Fuddruckers here on the Don Haskins Show. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Hall of Famer, the Bear Don Haskins. Come on down, folks. Chance to win tickets to the Brute Sun Bowl, plus some great merchandise for the Sun Bowl from VP Sports. Tickets to Bar Reed's comic strip. And right now, back on the phone lines with us is uh, former Texas Western uh, and uh, one of the members of the 1966 Minor Championship team, Harry Flournoy. And Harry, uh, thanks for staying with us. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting when we first uh, talked about you know your year, your first uh, year or so with UTEP and then Texas Western. You talked about really how the players kind of bonded and everybody, um, you know, really tried to get you more comfortable in the city uh, since you weren't familiar with it. Coach, that's something we don't hear a lot about these days, especially with college basketball today. Players that will go out of their way, like uh, some did with Harry, just to try to you know to get him more comfortable and acclimated to the city. Uh, one of the things that bothered me the most about the movie when they're <clears throat> trying to go over the script, yeah, they kept trying to make a black and white thing out of it, <clears throat> and uh, you know that was the feathers from the truth. Uh, it it sound it might have sounded good, but I finally told him, and I know one uh, one day it was funny. Uh, Christopher Cleveland, the guy that was uh, the scriptwriter, asked uh, a couple of the guys, and uh, it's one of the white guys, one of the uh, black players, and you know, didn't you? Did you guys? Uh, you know, he was trying to get him take words, put words in her mouth. He said. You guys didn't get along together all the time, and finally one of them, might have been you, Harry, said, no, there was only one guy we didn't like, and they pointed at me, so. <laughs> but, me? <huh>? I liked you. <laughs> oh, boy. Harry, I liked you. I liked anybody, I liked anybody that would go after every rebound. You were one of the leading. I don't know where, but you're in the top three in the nation in 6-6 six, six in uh, rebounds. A lot of people think that Latin yeah. uh, was their top rebounder. He wasn't close. Uh, I think he averaged six or seven. Uh, Harry didn't leave many. I, uh, Harry, I think he averaged 11, 12, or 13. Uh, and, 11. Uh, um, what happened what was 
was that year, you know, I was told by a lot of people that, that my rebounding average w would go down in my senior year because of uh, David. And, you know, I, I, don't, I just didn't like people putting limitations on what I could do. And I wasn't the best player, but I was, I was one of the hardest working guys there. So I knew that I was going to be close, if not at the same rebounding uh, level that I was in my junior year. Uh, I average more in my senior year. Than in your my junior team. year, did you have, you know, I don't remember stats. I just know you're a great rebounder. Uh, the thing that always amazed me, uh, I, I'd look at old films, and the ball would go on the board, and you'd always touch it. Whether you got it or not, you touched it. And uh, uh, that is the mark of a great rebounder. Well, you know, I would always try to, you know, it, it was rebounding to just work. You know, I should have averaged 10 in my sophomore year, but you guys, but uh, Mullins gave Jim all my re rebounds at home. <laughs> uh -huh. What was so, so really when, when, when you, you know, when you're asked what the secret, what the trick was to, to rebounding, you, you say it's just all hard work. Yeah, you know, it, 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 two things, rebounding and defense is work. That's what it is. It, it, it's work. Everybody can uh, uh, play offense because everybody likes to play offense. Cause that's the first thing that you learn because it's not as hard. But when you play defense, it makes people who are playing offense that you're guarding have to work harder. They don't want to do that. And you got to work hard just to play the defense. So it's all about heart and hard work. Speaking of rebounding, um, it was a little more than uh, 40 years ago where you were immortalized for the first time on the cover of Sports Illustrated when you uh, took the rebound from Pat Riley. So that's right. You go all the way back, and the cover that you know, is the most famous cover from that game shows uh, nobody else but, uh, but Harry Flournoy right there taking that rebound. Well, you know, that wasn't, I wasn't taking it from uh, Pat Riley because that was my rebound anyway. You know, <laughs> and, and I looked at it as everything that went up there was mine. I mean... When they would go up, they would look like beach balls. And, you know, I just tried to be around the ball. And as far as that magazine, well, I knew because we had won that game, you know, that the, uh, the subscriptions might go down, and they needed that just to pick it back up again. <laughs> well, definitely. I think the uh, you on the cover, I'm sure, is uh, something that uh, you've got quite a few of over the years. I, I bet you've collected those covers. And, yeah, the subscription rate, it's amazing, Coach, how <laughs> more and more people started buying Sports Illustrated after Harry was on the cover of that issue. That's uh, a good way, a good point more than anything else. And, you, know, I, you look back at, at not only uh, that game, but I want to ask you about the film. You got to know, I'm sure, the actors in that movie, plus the one that portrayed uh, your character. Was that fun just being around those guys and, and giving them a little bit of uh, knowledge and insight to the way it really was that, uh, you know, that year and, and years preceding it? You know, that was, that was wonderful. You know, uh, I'll tell you something. You know, when, when we went to El Paso for the uh, premiere, uh, I saw it twice then, and, and that night show was a uh, benefit show. And they had this little reception before that. And um, I walked into the room, and I saw him, and we had never met. And I walked up to him, and I stuck my hand out, and I said, uh, Harry Flournoy? And he says, uh, yeah. And I said, Harry Flournoy. And I, I mean, he just, he almost fainted. <laughs> he almost fainted. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, I mean, it was, Really, really, really special just to meet those those guys because 
they were really nice people too. And I'm glad that we had nice people that, that played those different roles there. They weren't uh, full of egos and, and stuff like that. They were really nice people. Uh, not only uh, Harry were the actors, but uh, uh, Tim Floyd spent four months with them. And of all the movies, sports movies I've ever watched, normally they don't show the total body. They get the head and shoulders like in Hoosiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed until... Uh, after I watched that, but uh, Tim spent uh, hours and hours with these guys, and you know I watched a couple of their practices, and uh, it it was brutal. I tell you what, he really put them through the paces. That's good. They're young; they could do it. <laughs> <laughs> what was most uh, exciting for you? Uh, the SBs, the trip to the White House. When you look back at everything that's really transpired since the movie, what'd you enjoy most? Well, you know, it's hard to say, but, you know, I'd say that the White House trip, because uh, we got to meet the leader of our country. I mean, you know, there are uh, issues that we don't agree on, but but he is our leader. And uh, just going there, you know, that's something that you dream about. You dream about seeing uh, seeing a president, meeting him, and I finally got to do that. So that there was the most exciting moment. The ESPYs were, were nice and and the red carpet was uh, very nice. I, I tell you, though, that one thing I wish could have happened out of all of those things is that the coach was able to go to all of, of those things. I understand the health problems, and I, and I wish that he could have went to all of those events. We really missed you. Well, uh, Harry, I, I would love to have been there. Uh, uh, you, uh, you guys, uh, I just sitting here while you were talking, thinking, uh, you know, when I was talking to your mother many years ago in your house and Gary, that uh, uh, it would be it, it would be awesome if uh, if she had lived long enough to, uh, to see that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I wish that she could have. Yeah, really no. do. And I think about that too. Harry, before we let you go, uh, give us an idea of, of what's going to be uh, next for you. Are there any projects at all involving uh, some of your teammates from the 66 uh, group? Uh, what's, uh, what's coming up for you down the road? Well, we're trying to get uh, confirmations on a uh, trip over to uh, Europe for, to uh, uh, talk to the soldiers over there. And, we're, and we got a, um, uh, an awards presentation in, in Ohio that we're supposed to be going to, I think it's in March. The, the Hank Aaron uh, Diversification Award, and uh, those two things are what I see on the horizon. Hopefully, in September, it'll be Springfield. That's right. And hopefully, the man sitting next to me will be right there with you and your teammates uh, for that presentation. I'll tell you better what. better be there. I plan, I plan on that. Very nice. better be there. We'll put <laughs> batteries in you. If, 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 if anything, we'll put some batteries in you. We'll, uh, well, Harry, listen, it's been I a real... I on being there. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. And the next time you're back in El Paso, we'll definitely get you on here. and love to have you in person with the coach on the Don Haskins Show. Let me say this one thing before I leave. You know, I, I keep hearing him uh, speak about uh, uh, John Wooden and, and Dean Smith and Bobby Knight. Well, that man there, Don Haskins, should be mentioned in the same breath with all of those people. Because he did a lot to revolutionize the game of basketball. He put the work back in the basketball. Very nice. Well said, Harry. 
Harry, thank you very much. I You're appreciate that. Welcome. Harry thank Flournoy. you, sir. Welcome. Take care. It's Harry Flournoy joining us on the phone lines. Let's take a break. When we come back, David Van Dyke, former miner, a little more contemporary, but we'll talk to David from Phoenix as we continue live from Fuddruckers right here on News Radio KROD. The new home of Utah Miners football and Utah men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back as we continue. 7.36 now the time on the Don Haskins Show. Coming your way live from Fuddruckers here on the west side of town. 5030 North Desert Boulevard. You still have plenty of time to come on and join us here on the program. 880-5763-880-KROD. Our telephone number. From Harry Flournoy to David Van Dyke as the former miner joins us on the phone lines right now from his home in Phoenix, Arizona. David, uh, great to have you on the show tonight. How's everything going with you out there in uh, the land of the rising sun? Uh, it's good, just hanging out, you know. You've always been hanging out, David. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry I missed you the other day. I wasn't feeling well, yeah, and good. I missed the last two games. I've, yeah. uh all right, though. I've really been knocked down with, uh, I don't know what, something. Uh, uh, the, uh, they say it's allergies, but I think the flu. But I, I knew you were there, and I'm sorry I couldn't make it. You know, wasn't it, David, last year, didn't you come to Sun Carnival, or was it about the same time a year ago? It was a couple years ago. I caught the last game with Boise State. Okay. All right. I remember now. Yeah. David, uh, we've got people wondering right now what you're up to these days, so why don't you uh, let some of our listeners uh, know what, what you're doing in Phoenix. I just stopped playing a few years ago from overseas, and now I just work, got a regular 9-to-5 working at Countrywide Insurance. Very nice. How do you know, how's the insurance business compared to playing basketball? Not as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Not as exciting, but it's good. Having spent uh, you know quite a few years in Europe, uh, what was that like? Tell us what it was. It was like being a professional basketball player overseas, and and uh, you know some of the players you had a chance to play against and play with during your career. Uh, it was uh, it got a little bit. You know, at first it was kind of hard. You know, just going over there, hopping a plane by yourself. But after a while, I got used to it. And, you know. How many years were you over, David? About eleven, twelve. Wow. 11 or 12. Yeah. Now, uh, the first place you played was in China, right? No, I went over um, Venezuela first. China was actually the last place I played. Oh, China was? Yeah, I went, started off Venezuela for a year, and I went over Japan a couple years, a couple years down in Australia, and in Europe, around there. I just bounced around from place to place. Did you ever get a chance to uh, to get to meet or play with or against uh, Ken Lockhart during your years in Australia? No, I heard he was down here there though. He was like a big man down there for a while, but I he think co- he, he even coached the team there. there. Huh? Yes, he even coached the team there. Yeah, he's coaching a Division Two team down there. What was the most fun for you? You mentioned some of those places, uh, you know, Venezuela, Japan, China, um, Australia. Where did you have the most fun playing uh, during your pro career uh, in Europe? Uh, I'd say Australia. That was the best one just because, you know, no language barrier and people were kind of laid back like me. So it was just a, it was a good time down there. In Australia. Oh, in Australia, okay. Yeah. Well, what was, first off, I can't did imagine. You, did what, you have a language barrier in China? 
Yeah, just pet me. <laughs> well, oh. one thing's for certain. You had a chance to get paid to play a sport in areas that most people would spend a lot of money to visit, not even to be a part of, but to visit. So um, I'm sure you look back at it and say to yourself, uh, you met a lot of great people and got to see some incredible places. Yeah, that's what it was all about. You know, I didn't spend too much time in one place because I just wanted to go see another one. So, and Two years was the max I spent somewhere because you know, I like to go see somewhere else. You know, I asked uh, Harry Flournoy, one of the 66 members, this question just a little while ago, but uh, you remember what it was like when you were first being recruited by UTEP? <laughs> Funny. Uh, the funniest thing, I mean, I had a good time. I'm on a treatment recruiting trip, and uh, the thing I remember the most was the day I was supposed to leave, we, Haskins and everyone, came down for breakfast down at the Embassy Suites, and he called me over there. And he's like, you know, let's go take a ride. So we get in his truck, and he just, like, drives around the parking lot talking the whole time. Oh, Harry, I didn't know which street to go out on. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, are we going to ride somewhere, or are we just going to drive around the parking lot? <laughs> but it was a good time. Well, you, so, so you, got the, you got the ride in the truck very early in your, <laughs> in, in your time. And then as you got a chance to, uh, to come to UTEP and, and play for the Miners, you were part of some great teams in the, in the early 90s. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, we had some real good teams, you know. We beat beat a lot of people, and it was just a good experience. I enjoyed my time down there. I mean, I had great, great teammates, and love, love the city. Cities. I like El Paso, visiting, and it was just a good time. I, I had a good four years down there. You made a lot of friends, and I'm sure, uh, were there some teammates that uh, you stayed pretty close with over the years? You know, I... I've been trying to get in touch with, like, Spoob and Prince, but I haven't been able to, so I don't know what they're doing, where they're at. Uh, I heard about Roy, and that was kind of, you know, threw me for a loop there, so I would like to get in touch with them more, but I just don't know where to get them in touch with them at. Well, we'll have to try to work on that, Coach, and see if we can get some of those uh, players from those early 90s teams, yeah, especially we'll the 92 team, to uh, get uh, that reunion. David, I, yeah. you know, I'm not too much of a stat man, but... I'm not sure you still don't lead UTEP in block shots. Uh, I'm sure someone's done past me on that one. I don't well, know about that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you're the only shot blocker I ever saw to go out on the floor. You know, a lot of guys, you know, most shot blockers just block them in the lane. Yeah. And uh, he had uh, tremendous timing uh, and uh, uh, would maybe let a guy think he's going to get off a shot at the top of the circle. And he'd get a piece of it, normally knock it to the other end where we could get it. But one of the great games that I remember you playing in, um, we went over to play uh, um, Georgetown. And they had Matumba mm -hmm. and Morning and a guy by the name of Williams that was a first-rounder. And uh, I'll never forget the score of that game, 71-60. And I think you had seven or eight block shots you remember that game they yeah were, they were ranked third or fourth in the nation yeah, something like that and i thought uh uh marlon maxi well everybody played well you know yeah. beat somebody like that on the road but uh i thought you i i, I david i'll never know why uh you were you know thin but strong and i was talking to some people the other day that saw you and they said you know, you've really gained a lot of weight. And I 
See, it's one thing I don't think they should pay a heck of a lot of attention to in the NBA is uh, it, if you're thin, if you're strong. It's like Gary Brewster. Yeah. You know, he's pretty slim, but my yeah. God, how strong he was. Well, but, back when we, when, you know, when I was playing, it was like the big people. Now, you know, it's getting more toward the skinny people and all that. They judge it like. Well, I wouldn't call you skinny. Uh, <laughs> not anymore. Well, I can call you skinny now because you're over in Phoenix. <laughs> but uh, I know you've gained a lot of weight, but I thought you were a tremendous player. And uh, the, As I recall, one of our guys saw you, and it was late in recruiting, and you're playing over in Houston. Do you remember how we got in touch with you? No, I don't remember. Well, refresh, refresh his memory, Coach. Um, didn't you play in a... Um, oh, yeah, the BCI tournament in Houston. Over, over in Houston. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of my guys, don't know who's... I went over and saw you, and, and uh, uh, we immediately uh, uh, tracked you down in Phoenix and uh, got you to come for a visit. I don't know what other I don't know what other places wanted you, but uh, uh, we were very lucky to get you, and uh, um, you did. You played on. Um, let's see, you're on the team that uh, in '92 we went to Final 16, right? Yes, that was my senior year. All right, we get a bad call or two at the end of the game. We might have been in the Final Four. Uh, I think we if we would have started faster. We came out slow. We, we came out slow and got behind, got behind and uh, uh, but uh, we finished fast. And yeah. um, I remember they called a foul on Marlon Maxey on the baseline from about ten foot. Called his charge and he shooting. He shot a jump shot leaning in, and Prince Stewart was right in front. No, no, it wasn't Prince. It was Eddie Rivera it was right in front of our bench, and they called a five second. Yeah. Call and we were one point yeah. down, but uh, we very well could have made it. Uh, uh, I think it was that same year that we had beaten, uh, uh, you know, Kansas raised a lot of cane about it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they might not have won over at uh, Georgetown either. Yeah, I mean, but I think if we would have won that one. We we had a good shot going to the final four. Oh, we certainly did. Play, uh, We're going to play Memphis State, yeah, Memphis. and uh, Cincinnati ended up beating them about 40. Yeah. Because all you had to do to beat Memphis State was beat their, uh, was beat their zone right. press. And beat yeah. Anthony Hardaway, who was well, their leader at that time. Um, we had some guys probably, maybe we wouldn't have stopped him, but I'll bet you. Uh, oh, it would have uh, been a good game. Uh, we would have. Uh, but uh, Cincinnati beat them. I watched the game the next night. It made me sick. They won by, oh, it was 30 to 40. wasn't even a close game. Yeah. David, was that the most fun for you, the NCAA tournament in 92 in your tourney run? Yeah, I mean, after we won the first game, I remember I had to do the drug test or whatever, and I was like one of the last ones in the gym. And I was coming back to the locker room, and I started singing, we're going to Kansas City before we even played Kansas. <laughs> and someone screamed at me, yo, you got to beat Kansas first. I said, oh, that's no problem. Yeah. I'm going, that's fun. That was a good time. Yeah, that was a great year for you. And uh, a lot of those teammates you brought up earlier, Eddie Rivera, one of the more popular players, and uh, from what we hear up until uh, a couple of years ago, quite like yourself, he had uh, spent many years playing pro ball in Puerto Rico. Yeah, he was, um, I heard he was over there because he, he, he's a Puerto Rican national, so he was over there for a while. That's what I heard. I never made it out to Puerto Rico, though. 
Hey, David, I got to ask you before we let you go. Um, you know, some people say that uh, Coach Haskins kind of mellowed during your time in the in the uh, early uh, you know early 90s, late 80s. Did did you ever find that the case, or did you uh, did you think he was still as fiery as ever? If he mellowed out, well, I'd hate to see what he was back in the day, then. Because he was pretty feisty when I was there. Too. <laughs> did you ever get kicked out I, of practice? I, I don't believe I've ever been called feisty before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got kicked out of practice a couple of times. Uh-oh. Why? I don't know. You didn't like what I did or something. <laughs> I, I probably didn't like what you didn't do. Uh, I was kind of, I, you know. I never thought David, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to him, but I never thought he was as hard to practice as he could have been. Uh, and, I uh, agree with you on that but, Huh? I'll agree with you on that, yeah. But uh, uh, I felt like that... Uh, had you, uh, you had so much talent. You know, you, you were long. Uh, never seen anybody with shot that could block a shot like you could on the perimeter. Ne I've ne still never seen that guy. But uh, uh, you worked plenty hard enough, and I know it was a lot of fun having you here and and uh, uh, helping. You know, we won a heck of a lot of games while you were here. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah. David. We appreciate it. Thanks so much That's for taking time, time out, joining us, and uh, hey, keep in touch. Hey, David, come and see me next time in, okay? Oh, I will. All I right. Will. Thank you. All right, bye. David Van Dyke joining us as we continue. We'll wrap things up next from Fuddruckers. You're listening to the Don Haskins Show right here on News Radio KROD. The new home of UTEP Miners football and UTEP men's basketball, the Orange Revival, is on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue. Final 10 minutes of the Don Haskins Show live here from Fuddruckers. Want to remind you that we will be uh, taking a two-week break and coming back in 2007 every other Thursday night. So you can join us uh, 6 to 8 o'clock for the Don Haskins Show, 4 to 6 with Sports Talk right here from the home of the world's greatest hamburgers. It's Fuddruckers at 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Right now, we've got Texas Tech and UNLV with Bobby Knight uh, on the verge of becoming the all-time winningest coach in uh, Division One history. And uh, we're looking right now at uh, Kansas-Detroit highlights on ESPN+. Plus. Coach, uh, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, first off, you were quoted in a story I read from the Associated Press about Bobby Knight. And you had a statement saying that if he was 0-30, um, he wouldn't care because he knows he's doing it the right way. I don't remember saying 0-30. Um all I know is he's doing it the right way, and uh, I've always known it, and people around the country, everybody knows those that uh, are infringing a little on the rules. Yeah. But uh, um, I, uh, th I think the world of him, he's a very good friend. Um, I think uh, people take him all like the, the guy, you know, where he took his face and, and moved it. Maybe two inches. Uh, uh, the kid, it didn't bother him, but it gave the, it gave the news media a chance to have a field game. i got to ask you also, uh, we, had, we didn't get a chance to talk much about this a week ago, but 
the State Farm Sumble Basketball Tournament. The Miners splitting, uh, playing a high-scoring game against Jackson State, 100 to 97. First time, I believe, in the history of the uh, building that uh, bears your name that an opponent has ever scored 100 points against UTEP. Did that surprise you a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what. The, uh, you know, I wasn't at the game. I'm listening to John Teicher and Steve on the radio, and the guy made some unbelievable shots. Yeah. And I saw some film clips, and I don't know what you could do about it. Like the last shot he made of the game, is just it was his night. Uh, he banks it in from the top uh, from about 25 foot. He claimed that that's the way he played it. I doubt that very much. But, uh, you know, there was uh, seven or eight pro scouts here to watch him, yeah. and the rest of their team was pretty good. You know, that wasn't a bad basketball team. I watched enough film. Uh, uh, one of the coaches brought it over, and I looked at it. And, you know, we had a great night scoring ourselves. We couldn't uh, – uh, we just couldn't – you know, we're trying to double and triple this guy, and it always left somebody open. Well, they rebound the next night. I've had, I'll never forget Kenny Page uh, in the pit, got 41, 42 against us. Yeah. And I think we beat him because he shot. Now, this was a situation where he shot every time he had it. And uh, that that's a good situation. Cause let him have his 40 and uh, hold him to 60, and you're probably going to win. Happy New Year to you and your family. The next time we get to do this, it'll be 2007, which means the start of conference play for the Miners. Uh, I'd like to wish everybody a Happy New Year out there. And I know everyone had a Merry Christmas, and thank you very much, Steve. All right, Coach, great seeing you as well. <clears throat> Want to thank, once again, our guests for joining us uh, tonight on the show. First off, Dr. Jimbo Bowden, along with Harry Flournoy and David Van Dyke. So... For Coach Askins, Sergio Roboli, Mario Gonzalez, and Andrew Layton, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll see you back two weeks from tonight here at Fuddruckers West, beginning the 07 season with the Don Haskins Show, only on News Radio. You're tuned in to AM 600 KROD.